Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the demands of being a working parent. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences with juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. Hello listeners and welcome to this week's episode of the Parent Entrepreneurs Club podcast. I'm Michelle, one of the co-founders, and today I'm joined by Rebecca Held. And Laura and I both know Rebecca because she's local to Lincoln and we've met her at a few networking events and she's got an absolutely fascinating story around her journey into entrepreneurship. So we wanted Rebecca to jump on to today's podcast and share her journey with you. So it just as a quick summary, Rebecca's um, business is Leadership and Wellbeing Consultant and as I say, a really interesting story. So hopefully you'll all take a lot from today's podcast. So thanks ever so much for taking your time out of your half term as well, Rebecca, to join us today. Um, so if you don't mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your business, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, it's really nice to be a guest and not a host <laughs> because um, I can before. A shameless plug, but I um I've got my own podcast, The Healed Approach, and I'm usually uh you know being being the host there rather than being a guest. So it's great to be to be here today to talk about me. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for that introduction. I so now yeah, my business is around uh, leadership and well-being. So I do leadership and well-being consultancy within organisations globally, actually. Although I am trying to make my mark more locally at the moment. Um, but to give you a little bit of a background, um, my so I started off as a secondary school teacher back in, in Manchester and was very quickly, I got promoted into a leadership role. So I spent, gosh, 15 years, I think, um, in educational leadership where I, I worked for the local authority, building and creating teams. So as you can imagine, working for the local authority, we went through lots of restructures. I also ended up in a leadership position by default, really. It's not like I say, yeah, I came along and I got promoted into a leadership position. It was almost like I went, I, I came out of um, the classroom to do teacher training and advisory work, which was a promotion. And then all of a sudden we had a restructure. And it was like, there you go. Now you're going to manage a team. You're going to build a team from scratch. You're going to set the vision. You're going to train them. You're going to get their trust. You're going to do everything with no training and no experience. Oh, and also you've just had a baby. So yeah, so this was, that was when I had my first son 13 years ago, ended up in my first leadership role. And I obviously I navigated myself through that career for, for until, yeah, um, well, I still do it in the background. Um, but I was also, um, you know, I guess this is kind of going a little bit personal, but I think it's important for people to understand my journey. So I was in a very toxic relationship, um, you know, I was in a very abusive relationship. And so really probably didn't wasn't fulfilling my, my my purpose, I guess, in life, because I didn't really know who I was, because I lost myself, so to speak. Then when I had my second son, who is now almost 10, um, who was here yesterday while I was doing my own podcasts, 
uh, I I realised, I think it was kind of a, a light bulb moment for me. So I experienced postnatal depression really badly at the time. Um, the relationship with my ex-husband, now ex-husband, was was very, very toxic. And I think I just really hit rock bottom and, and, and had a breakdown, which I haven't spoken a lot about. Um, but, you know, I will open up more about that as I feel more comfortable about doing. But it kind of was almost my, you know, things have got to change. So I, at that point, knew I had to leave my husband, knew I needed to do something more fulfilling because I thought I've gone through all of these experiences. I need to heal from these experiences and then I need to give back because that's what I'm here to do. You know, it was it might sound a bit kind of woo woo and a bit spiritual, but it was just that was the moment when I knew there was more. So I went back, um, I, I, got, I got held back actually, because I wanted to go back and, and do some kind of counselling or retrain. But at the time, I supported my husband to go because he was about to lose his job at the Royal Mail. So I supported him instead. I carried on in my in my position at work and supported him to go back and retrain as an electrician. So put all of my kind of things on hold, you know, as you do when you... <laughs> when you don't really um, know who you are or what you're doing and you're not in a great relationship. Um, but eventually I did go back and I um, retrained and I actually retrained. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I just knew that I needed to do something different and I knew that it needed to be, you know, using my experiences to help other people. So I went back and I retrained as a nutritionist. So um, I spent a year um, training um, to be a nutritionist um, and during that time is is when I set up my business and I also left my husband um, so I found myself with at the time a five-year-old and an eight-year-old going through a really toxic divorce you know I ended up with a restraining or lifetime restraining order lifetime court order for my kids you know it was everything that could have been thrown at me was but I was determined to to, to set up a business and grow a business so I started out doing one-to-one -one nutrition coaching but it wasn't nutrition coaching in the in the sense that you may you know in the way that you may imagine because it wasn't like I was doing diet plans for people just to take you a step back further I also um had anorexia in my late teens and my 20s, probably into my early 30s, if I'm completely honest. Um, and so my reason for retraining in nutrition was to help people heal their relationship with food, yeah, to 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 not be so consumed with diet culture, to to stop feeling that they need to listen to everybody else, to really start to listen to their intuition and and feel happier in their own bodies and safer in their own bodies again. Now, as I did that and as I got more experience doing that, I naturally began to attract business owners, CEOs, leaders who, you know, I can kind of recognize, I suppose, my energy <laughs> and wanted support with not just with their nutrition, with, with their well-being, with their more holistic well-being. Anyway, I got great results with them. So they asked me to then go and do some work with their employees. And this started out as doing well-being workshops, nutrition workshops, you know, fitness workshops. I worked with gyms as well at the time. Um, but I realized pretty quickly that this approach was going to have, you know, it wasn't it was going to have minimal impact if the culture within an organization wasn't right. Yeah. If we're not setting the scene. And so. I, I kind of almost realized that I needed to combine all of this experience around nutrition and well-being with my experience in leadership and creating cultures and building teams. So it was only 18 months ago, I think, where I decided to pivot the business. And it had already moved from being just nutrition to more around well-being, um, you know, which is why 
I was called more than nutrition. I've now rebranded. I'm, I'm just Rebecca Heald, but I was more than nutrition for a bit because I was already moving away from just being known for nutrition. So, um, yeah, so then I ended up going into the corporate space and now I work with leadership teams to make sure. So it's still around well-being. Um, it's still around, you know, getting cultures right. But it's around doing it from a leadership perspective. It's around doing it from an organisational perspective, because that's then when all of the employee stuff is going to have maximum impact. Because for me, that's that's the gap that was missing. Well-being tends to focus so much on the, the tip of the iceberg. It focuses on, you know, counselling for employees. It focuses on yoga workshops. It focuses on gym memberships when really we need to be set in the scene because all of those things are going to fall short if people don't feel safe, they don't feel that belong and they don't feel that they can be themselves. So that was a long-winded introduction. No, and I appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners do, that complete honesty because it's it's so fascinating and it's, it's really a personal story for you. But I think it's amazing to hear that you've had those sort of periods where you felt you needed to heal. And obviously with that, you can exhaust yourself into a business um, and you're still going. And I, I love that, that continued journey of, of pivoting and diversifying in what you're doing. That's so, I think it's so easy just to do something and set it up and kind of say, this is a path I'm going on. This is di- direction. But actually knowing your clients and knowing what their needs are, that's, you know, kind of it's well, one, it's an opportunity for you and your business, isn't it? But two, it's also serving them a huge, huge importance. It's, uh, yeah, quite amazing. Yeah, no, but it's all about culture. Absolutely. You know, you, you. If you can't have well-being within an organization, mm. if the culture is toxic or is negative, and, you know, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of when you're in an organization, when you are the CEO, when you are a leader, when you are a middle manager, whatever, you don't always see the signs, you know, you don't pick up on the language, you don't pick up on the behavior that is, you know, creating a toxic environment and so that's often where because I I get it a lot especially with bigger organizations well we've got our own HR department we can do all of this in-house and I'm like yeah really how's that working for you you know because don't get me wrong HR you know you can do you know you can you can sort you you can do a certain amount of it you can do the well-being days you can do the workshops you can do the you know the monthly themes but actually identifying what needs to change within the culture and the leadership and you know, and just the feeling of an organization that often takes a third party that takes a third party to dig into what is working well and what needs to change. And it takes a third party often to, I I guess, to to guide you on that journey. And I always talk about it as a partnership. I'm no expert. When I go into a business, I am no expert, but I am an impartial person with a lot of experience that can offer advice and guidance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important. I mean, I was I was in that sort of HR function for many years. And I think you if you're not careful, yes. you kind of go along this path of, of these initiatives that you it's your take on the world. And it's it's quite subjective, isn't it? Wellbeing, you know, what's fit and healthy to me will be different to you. I mean, you put me to shame when I look at your socials and you're always in the gym <laughs> and looking after yourself. And I'm sat there with a cup of coffee because it's because it is so subjective, isn't it? You know, and I, I could create a well-being um, strategy in my organisation against my take of what well-being is and what I think my senior leadership team needs so I think that's so valuable to have that external like say spotlight and partner to say this is some best practice this is what you need to be doing um, and culture is always just driven by those individuals isn't it you know your senior leadership team are the ones setting that culture and I think you know again it's it's yeah. best practice they're bringing in and how long they've been there for and their take of the world beyond beyond their organization so yeah it's an incredibly powerful offering isn't it, it really is 
So what's the plans going forward? Are you are you wanting to pivot again? Are you kind of on that place now where actually the offerings kind of complement? You know, have you, have you got opportunities to, to kind of move the business again into another another version of what it is? Who knows? I mean, I think what you said, I wanted to touch back on what you said before about how um I've seen the opportunity to pivot and I've I've listened to customers and I've I've and I think that's something that I've had to learn. Um because I think you know, earlier on in my life, I was very fixed on a certain way. I would just be like, and you know, this is, I mean, I, I, I am a big believer in manifestation and I am a big believer because I think I, I've done it and a lot of times in my life without even realizing, but not always, you know, for, for the right reasons is that, you know, cause I, I definitely, you know, I, I want, I manifested getting married at a certain age, having children at a certain age, you know, having the house, having this, but they were all, it was all a manifestation of things that I thought I needed to do yeah. and I needed to achieve. It wasn't me stopping, taking stock and listening actually to what the universe was kind of sending my, because I think, you know, you can set yourself this, you know, this vision or this target of becoming a teacher, of becoming, you know, a, a solicitor or whatever. But if you don't evolve and recognise the things that are coming your way, then that's only going to end up being, you know, it's going to be your hell, really, because, you you know, it might not be who you are in five, six, seven years time. So I think this is, what, I guess, what I'm trying to say here is that my 20 my year old self would have been crap at business. I mean, apparently my grandma says I'm not that great at business anyway. But anyway, um, but my 20 year old, this is because she teased me as a busy fool a lot of the time. So I guess, so coming back to your question, you know, what does the future hold? I don't know. Right now, you know, it's still early days in terms of what I am doing. So, you know, I have just got a new office here at Spark House. I've got a great business community around me. I feel like I have done a lot of work globally with organizations in a remote way. So now I want to get more face to, doing more face-to-face work with local businesses because I feel like, you know, this time 18 months ago, this time two years ago, nobody really knew who I was. Yeah, people have probably seen me on LinkedIn, but nobody locally really knew who Rebecca was or what she did. So I feel like I've still I'm still building that. I'm still nurturing that. So for me, you know, the vision moving forward is just to have a bigger impact in more organizations. I want to see businesses in Lincolnshire, in Nottinghamshire, I want to see them on the map, you know, I want to see more UK businesses getting into Forbes 100, you know, I, because I think we're so, we're so behind, you know, I think there are, is it two businesses? I think only two UK based businesses were in um, Forbes top 100. It's like, what, what's going on? What's going on? You know, and for me, like I said to you, it's about you know, UK business is moving forward with the times. It's about them embracing a softer side of leadership that is going to really, um, you know, engage employees, make them feel safe, make them feel that like that they belong and make them love what they do enough, you know, to be as creative and innovative and as profitable as possible. I love that. And I think from your perspective, moving to that face-to-face delivery is quite unique because obviously a lot of a lot of um, entrepreneurs and business owners have actually gone the other way, haven't they, post-lockdown? And it's kind of yeah. grabbed more on more of a global scale because it's more accessible. But that passion piece to do stuff more locally and to get your name and your brand out there, I think that's, that's, that's really refreshing to hear because it is so easy, isn't it, to say, actually, I'm just going to go and pick for you know the american market because i can sit now on teams or go uh, zoom at night and and speak to them 
And I think you've done that, haven't you? I think you've you've gone on that international and come back. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting to and hear. And I think that there's an important point to make there as well, actually, mm-hmm. because I think when I was like this time last year and I did attract, I, I attracted American clients um, and it was, you need to go for the American market. They're big into wellbeing. You know, that's where you're going to make your money. That's where you're going to. So I kind of went along with that because everybody said I should do that. And it kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like I said, I needed to, I guess I needed to do that. And I needed to see, and don't get me wrong, I had some great American clients and I got some great results for them. But I know me and I know, you know, I've got an energy that thrives best in a room around people. Yeah. And I think one-to-one coaching, you know, one or two, you know, small group coaching on Zoom, fine, you know, that that can work. But when you're doing stuff with more people, when you're trying to really dig into an organisation, really understand what's going on, I think you cannot get away from the power of of being in person. Now, I don't have to, I could work with a business locally and still do a hybrid, still have a hybrid approach, but actually getting in and seeing people and and picking up on, on you know, on the vibes that they're giving out is 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 so important. And I think, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I listened to my own gut instinct. I listened to my own intuition. I listened to, you know, I've underst- I've started to understand who I am and, and where I work best and stop listening to everybody telling me what I should do. Yeah, and I think that's, we talk about that a lot, that actually you need to define what your motivators and drivers are and keep going back to that because all that peer influence, like you say, your nan who might say something, an unhelpful comment or your partner or your friend, your closest friend, it does it does put you back into a different position and your what you set out to achieve can move quite quickly because somebody's in your ear. Yeah. I, I know I had huge arguments with my husband when I set my business up about my branding and my name um, when I set up a few years ago and he said, oh, I just don't think it's quite, it's too playful, it's not hitting the right market. And I, I've stood my ground because I set it up for a reason and that's what I wanted. So I think, yeah, it's, it's so important. And, and like we say, you know, it's, it's probably easy for you, you know, being being a single mom and, and to having to balance the two boys, you know, to sit at home and sit on Zoom and deliver something, isn't it? But actually to go and do that thing that's so important to you and connect with people, I think that's going to then come through, isn't it, to your clients, that passion? I think it would have been so easy. You know, yeah. I like, you know, I still I'm still juggling, you know, the job part time, um, you know, in education. I'm still juggling that with building and growing the business and being on my own with two kids and a restraining order. And yeah, I mean, the kids are seeing their dad now, luckily, so they, I do get a bit of time there, but it's still, it's still difficult. It's still a drain. You know, there are still lots of things that are going on there that have an impact, but you know, I was like, I, that's not going to stop me. You know, I am, the juggle is real. And I think there are a lot of, there's a lot, still a lot of stigma out there. There is still a lot of, um, you know, I guess, what's the word? There is still a lot of ways of working that don't always support people in my position. But I'm not going to let that stop me. You know, yesterday I, I I spoke about this. I did a video. You know, I, I was like, right, I want to do a podcast. I'm not going to sit at home and do my podcast. I'm going to go into my office because it gets me into my headspace. I've got my banner. You know, I need to be doing it where I, I'm going to get the best out of me and I'm going to get the best out of my clients. So I came and I brought my son and he sat there and, you know, and, and do you know what? It did him the world of good to listen to mum and see mum doing what she does. You know, and then we went for pancakes and, you know, actually not pancakes because it was short. We ended up going for a bacon uh, bagel I would have burnt out I would have you know I would have just lost passion for what I'm doing and that's not what I'm here to do 
No, and, and, and I think that is that is really refreshing to hear because we do do that, and if we're not careful, you say it's like the, the stigma attached to some stuff as well, isn't it? That we kind of put this onto ourselves and this pressure onto ourselves unnecessarily. Whereas actually, if, if you're better yeah. and you're more productive like that, then then you pick and choose. And I think that's that's been that self-aware with yourself, isn't it? And what how you work best. So what is your productivity hack? Because, I mean, you know, I, I love that the fact that you also balance, you, you play hard, you, you're, very, you're very good on your socials, that, you know, you're a great kind of perception. You go to the gym, you do your socials. How, what's your sort of productivity hack? How do you to do that and get that balance right? Oh God, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I do look back <laughs> in the alcohol, I do it all. Um you know, I just I get I get shit done, you know, yeah. and I always have. And yeah. I think the biggest lesson for me has been to learn to be kinder on myself and to mm. learn when to chill out and relax as well, because I am go, 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 you know? Yeah. Um I always have been. So and so it's been a big lesson to me to learn to slow my mind down more than anything else. But you know, I, 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 I it's, it's mindset. It is complete mindset. You know, because there were so many things that could have stopped me. There was, you know, I, you know, I, I when I left my ex husband, and I had, you know, I had a court order in the end telling me I had to sell my house, and I fought and I fought, and I ended up staying in the house, and I bought him. I think it is just it's something that you just have to work on all of the time. You've got to, you know, in terms of fitness for me. So even though it's about okay, it's about trying to find I always say I'm not a very organized person but actually I'm good at organizing my life yeah. right if you, if you came and had a look at my laptop though you'd be like Jesus Rebecca where are your <laughs> accounts where are your client notes this is a mess right that's my brain right mm. but when it comes to organizing my life I can do it so I was a member of the gym um and I was finding that difficult I was finding it really difficult to go to the gym do my day job do the kids do my business so I was like right I don't want to give up on that because I've really enjoyed, you know, becoming stronger, becoming fitter. So I'm going to kick myself out at home so that I can get up when the kids are in bed and I can do my workout. Um, you know, and I think it's it's just in some ways, I think because I've got so much going on and because there are so many boundaries and restraints around what I do, I've just got to get on and do it. Monday morning, the kids were coming back early. I had to get up and go to the gym. Otherwise, I wasn't going to go. And I'm not the kind of person that's not going to not go. You know, unless I wasn't well and my body was saying, don't go, then I would, you know, today I didn't go to the gym because I needed a break. I needed a rest. I got up at quarter to eight, you know. <laughs> so it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really, I really don't know. And people say, people have said to me before, you know, so many, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I think it's just all mindset. It is. Uh, it's not setting myself up. I don't tell myself. I have a, 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 I guess, I guess, I guess I have, I have goals and I have structure and I have routine but I'm not a stickler to it yeah, yeah. so like at the weekend and I ended up meeting a friend for a drink and I ended up rolling at three in the morning you know and it was yeah. like but it's just it's just go it's just trying to enjoy life yeah because it's yeah. too short yeah that's that's probably the best philosophy isn't it instead of kind of being too structured with it but making sure you are getting that balance I'm reading a book at the moment it's it's by Anna Melter and it's about raising mums motherhood because um, I think we put so much pressure on raising our kids and giving them the time and all our business the time. We forget about ourselves and we forget a little bit about our own identity and taking that time for ourselves. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably why partly why I asked it, because I'm also a bit intrigued about how I can get a slightly better balance in my life sometimes. Because, yeah, if I'm not careful before the end of the week, I think I've just not not done as much for me as I wanted to. 
Well, I'll tell you, and that's what I am. That's what I've learned. And and mm. you know, I'll tell you. And I was afraid of that for a long time because of this whole "oh, you're selfish" or "you've got to put your kids first. And okay, I don't think there's anything wrong with my kids seeing me, you know, working hard. In fact, yesterday, you know, Leo's been the most after seeing me at work. He's the most loving, amazing kid. And then we go home and we do Halloween stuff. And and what I have realised is that my time, my kids don't need lots and lots and lots of time but they need quality time they need and I know that they're going to get quality time from me if I'm doing what I do well and I think you know one thing I will say as well is what I've really got into recently I have started to embrace my spiritual side a little bit more so I've started to do a little bit more meditation I've been going to kind of women's circles and stuff and that for me is just trying to teach me after all of the trauma, you know, after an eating disorder, you know, traumatic childhood, you know, domestic abuse, um, you know, a lot that happened at work as well. I kind of have had to learn to listen to myself and my intuition and how to regulate my own nervous system and getting a little bit spiritual has helped with that. And I don't mean as in woo woo when I'm sitting here, you know, praying every day or anything like that it is just about calming my mind doing a bit of meditation you know I've started to use a few this you're going to think I'm mental now but you know using crystals as well because of their energy because I'm a big believer in energy and stuff like that but that has really helped me as well that's really helped me to kind of understand me and believe in me absolutely and that's the stuff we forget about if we're not careful we can kind of forget about the self the self piece and the self-development because it is isn't it it's you developing your own internal voice and like you say some some techniques that help you navigate some of the stuff that we come across um yeah and I think if you want to just do the conventional stuff sometimes because we think it's what you call normal isn't it but in reality it's it's breaking that barrier and it's doing something that works for you and yeah, completely normal, agree as well. Normal, being the best parents. you to your your parenting. I think that's hugely important because you, you're best in your business and then you're best as a parent as well, aren't you? If you can get that balance right. Um, I, I mean, I, I said at the start of before we right. jumped. One thing I w- no, but one thing I will say is let's stop giving our hard time. Let's stop telling ourselves we've got to be the best at everything. Absolutely. I'm not the best at parenting. I'm yeah. not the best at business. Yes. You know, and I'll be honest, you can't have it all all at once. You, there is a sacrifice. There, yeah. There is. There is always something, you know, like I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a single mum. Relationships have always been a bit of an issue for me. You know, there is always a sacrifice that's somewhere along, somewhere along the line. You yeah. can't, you, let's stop thinking that we can be super women because right. we're not supposed to be, but doing good enough every day and knowing that we are enough every day is is what it's about. 100%. And sometimes it's just writing down that expectation list you've got and then really re- reading it back and realising how ridiculous it is. Because if you, if you look at what you're trying yeah. to be in reality and you see it written down, you think that is just not realistic. I can't be that person, but what I am good at is X, Y, and Z. And this is what's driving me to be good and what that balance looks like. I think we just forget that. I think life, like you say, there's so much social, you know, what what is normal? I mean, I don't know, but it's a word that gets banded around so much, doesn't it? Around what we should and shouldn't be doing. Um, and yet we just need to, to, to kind of challenge that and break that sometimes and say, actually, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to do what makes me happy and it's going to make my family happy or my business succeed and go with that. I love, like you said earlier, your gut feeling, like literally being led by your gut and what you think is going to be the right path to take. 
Well, it's empowering because let's be honest, society doesn't want us to do that. Society <laughs> wants us to conform. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so just, so, just um, a kind of final yeah. question, because I think you, you went back to your 20-year-old self, but what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? One piece of advice if you were to go back, because I always think it's quite insightful, the, the journey we've been on and what we tell our 18-year-old self. Believe in yourself. Yeah. And, or, you know, because I think it was probably around that age where I stopped. You know, it's just mm. believe in yourself, because I think if you believe in yourself you know that that under fundamentally is the backbone of of everything really but yeah I would tell my 18 year old self to believe in herself and that she is enough yeah absolutely and that is so true like as a young child we I mean look at my five-year-old now and massively backs herself in everything she does she's so confident but there's a transition point you go through in your teens isn't there you lose some of that and yeah I think that's incredible advice really really useful it's been an amazing well, I lost myself because you know sorry. No, I was just going to say I lost myself because I stopped believing in myself. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been an amazing conversation and I really appreciate your, your honesty because um, it really does help portray your journey you've been on um, and all the, all the kind of trials and tribulations you've had against how you've kind of healed and rebuilt your business and, and reshaped your business and pivoted. I think it's a phenomenal journey. So thank you ever so much and we'll also pop a link to your podcast um in our um in our podcast yes please well. do the healed approach Definitely. yeah because um, yeah. it's fairly new but yeah anybody you know go along give it a listen give it a five-star review please <laughs> <laughs> we will be sure to do that and this all started actually because because um yeah laura came on to mine and then it's like oh i want to come on to yours <laughs> so, yeah, yeah absolutely it's, been a, it's yes. been a great conversation yeah. yeah thank you ever so much for your time rebecca i really appreciate it and we'll uh, link up link thanks for your, link to your website and your podcast below thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it we rely heavily on word of mouth so if you found value in this episode please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends if you'd like to find out a bit more about us you can find us on our facebook group pair entrepreneurs club or alternatively on Instagram, parentrepreneurs underscore club. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time.